Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome back to another edition of the Kings Anglia Fan Social. The season is dead, ladies and gentlemen, but we've got to cover content, we've got to do stuff. So here we are again. I hope you're all doing well. I'm joined by good old Jack, good old Steve and good old Bloomers as we discuss the one year of the USA ownership, all the other bits and bobs, your power of the year, the strike and also looking ahead to the next five games. And of course, we head to Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury this weekend. Let's go right over to Jack, who's making his debut. But he's also made an appearance on different videos. He also did a nice little report for me on Sunday for the women's team. But Jack, how are you, my friend? Very well, mate. Very well. Glad to be here. Uh, if I'm honest, I'm only here to play the strike. Uh, ever, ever since you introduced the game on the main pod, I've, I've, I've fancied a go. I'm going to come last now. But, you know, it's it, it, I'm, here, I'm here for the title. We shall see. That's um, later in the podcast, but um, it will be interesting to see how Jack, Steve and Blooms will get on. And Steve said he's going to be rubbish at the strike, but I'm looking forward to your attempt. But welcome to the show. Um, you don't live, of course, in sunny Suffolk, but you made your trip up on Saturday to see us lose against Cambridge. Um, how was that, my friend? And welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, let's never speak of that game again, shall we, Ross? Um, yeah. I'm starting to believe that I am cursed, having... Spoke to all my mates who were at the Plymouth game about how imperious we were and et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, travelled up to see that. So it's my fault. Sorry. Yeah, I think we're, there's a few people who can get blamed if they don't go to many games. But then when they do go and we see, we lose, then, um, yeah, sometimes don't come. Uh, you're a great, yeah, great supporter, but maybe you are a curse. But Steve, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. You've done a, a, many different features for me in the past as well, but it's good to get you on the pod. And the final man making his return and has made appearances on many pods and, of course, did a video for me in the week for the recap. But it is good old Bloomers. How are you? I know you're busy because you've got the Masters, you've got Aintree, you've got loads of things going on in your job, but how are you? Fantastic week of sport ahead, guys. Uh, you've got the Grand National on Saturday, you've got the F1 on Sunday, you've got the Masters going on. Small matter of Liverpool v Man City, and of course the relegation six pointer between Norwich and Burnley, and that's forgetting about Ipswich v Shrewsbury. So no, I'm very good, very busy. But um, yes, I also took uh, a friend for the first time to Portman Road on Saturday. He won't be coming again because he's clearly cursed as well. Um, he's an Aston Villa fan, so I don't think he'll be coming back many times, anyways. But that was a nail in the coffin. Um, but no, really good to see everyone, and and yeah, let's uh, let's look at. At greener, greener shoots for the next few months and, and indeed for next season because there's a lot of positivity. There is a lot of positivity. Um, ignore what's going on on the pitch. It's all about off the pitch. And one year ago today, 7th of April, Marcus Evans was no more and Game Changer 20 took charge of Victory's Town Football Club. We then met the characters of Brett Johnson, Mark Detemar or whatever his name is, Burke Bakai. Um, as you know, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. Um, and many other characters, of course, Mark Ashton, the CEO, um, Ed Swartz. I've said Ed Swartz, but um, it's been it's been a roller coaster of uh, twelve months. Um, Paul Cook in, Paul Cook out. Kieran McKenna's at the wheel. Uh, Jack, how would you reflect in one word? And you can expand, of course, on the first twelve months of the ownership. I mean, one word would be interesting. It's it's piqued my interest. I've I've. I've really uh, engaged a bit more this year. I've been to plenty of games, probably the most games I've been to in a season, in fairness. Um, but if you gave me more than one word and gave me three words, I would put still in ninth because we are still in ninth in League One. 
And unfortunately, we're not getting anywhere. Under McKenna, we are looking 10 times better. Cook was not the right man for that job. And as no matter what Ashton has said uh, and says that, oh, oh, we wanted Cook, we wanted Cook, I, I just can't see it personally. Um, when you're new owners and you come in, you want your, your own man. And, and McKenna seems to be doing, doing the goods right now. Um, but I have thoroughly enjoyed the past year. I'm just ashamed it's ended like it has this, this uh, past weekend. Indeed. And um, Steve, can you remember where you were? Because, of course, it was rumoured. It was rumbling on for a few weeks, maybe a month or so. Um, but on the day itself, can you remember when it got confirmed? And, yeah, it's been a crazy 12 months. I can take an educated guess that I was working from home because it was during yeah. lockdown. Uh, yeah. Can't tell you exactly where. I can tell you where I was when Marcus Evans took over when I heard that on Five Live. But um, uh, Yeah, I mean, if I had to sum it up in one word, I'd say hope. Um, because I think we'd probably started to lose that. Um, I, I kept going. My mates kept going. They had to sort of blackmail their kids to keep going or offer them wine gums at halftime. I don't know. Um, younger fans didn't want to go. Crowds were dropping. Evan seemed less interested as the years went by. So less money on players, shopping in the bargain bin. And we were going in one direction only. And it wasn't a good one. And then, out of the blue, we were owned by a $13 billion hedge fund with people that... I was cynical at first because there was this atmosphere of, oh, anyone but Evans. And I was thinking, well, actually, you look at some other clubs and anyone but Evans doesn't necessarily mean we'll end up in a better place. But um, if you judge people on their actions and not what they say, then they've been good to their promises so far. You look at the signings we've made, Morsi and Silly, they should never be playing at a League One club. So credit to Game Changer, credit to Ashton for that. Um, our crowds are back where they were in the Royal era, really, in the division below. And um, my mates, kids, all champing at the bit to go to games now. Can't wait for the next one. Um, so hope, yeah, they've given us hope again. Yeah, I'm I'm excited every time now going back to Portman Road. I know it's my job, but also as a town fan, I enjoy covering the football club once again and just going to Portman Road and what they've done to the stadium is just fantastic. And it's it doesn't take that much effort really. Just put a, you know, just work on it. Um, Bloomers, we we're recording podcasts during lockdown, watching Paul Lambert's football, uh, watching Paul Cook's football as well, of course, last season. And um, I'm sure I'm sure I brought you on the podcast to react to the news, but um. 12 months on, how are you feeling? And um, yeah, one word. Yeah, I, I think I can remember actually, whilst we were still in lockdown, maybe about three or four weeks before the, the, the ownership uh, change happened, I made quite an impassionate rant. I think the very first one I ever did, uh, just about the state of the club and uh, and the where it was going. And then, of course, these last 12 months have been chalk and cheese compared to that rain. I think the word I'd use is encouraging. I understand Jack saying still in ninth because... When you look at it, you know, in the black and white terms, we haven't improved on where we were last season, despite all of the changes, all of the turnover, all of the new players, blah, blah, blah. I get that. What I would say as a little caveat is the league this season seems to be, well, actually, no, it's backed up. The league this season, in terms of the sort of top eight or nine teams, is so much stronger compared to what it was last season and then the season before that in our first year in League One. 
Um, you, you can see that 80 points probably isn't going to be enough to make the playoffs this season, which is insane. And and at the moment, there's going to be teams probably aiming for 39, 40 points, and that'll be enough to keep them in the division. Where traditionally, I think it was Mick McCarthy, who used to say 50 points will be enough to keep you in uh, a 24-team league, which it would. It's the sort of like the mythical 40-point barrier for the Premier League. So just by looking at that, there is there is no margin for well, there was no margin for error anyways, and then doubly so because of the start we made under, under Paul Cook. But look, I've I get I don't live in Suffolk either. I've made uh, I totted it up the other day at ten trips ten trips to home games and then eight trips to away games, various parts of the country, including with you, Ross, all the way up to Sunderland. So is that something I could have seen myself doing two seasons ago? Well, probably not. I had a different job and I was working weekends. But like the point remains that. I probably wouldn't have been so invested, but the fact that the groundswell of emotion coming from the new ownership, what they've been doing, the new players, new managers times two, because, okay, the Cook um, the cook train derailed very, very quickly, but you can't tell me at the start of this season everyone was still happy that Cook was in charge, because they were. And, you know, it's just something that, COVID helps, of course, because we had a whole season where we couldn't go to games. So that that game against Morecambe, which seems like about eight lifetimes ago, was was quite emotional for whatever reasons. But, you know, behind the scenes, it looks like we've got our shit together. Whether we do or not, still is going to be remains to be seen. But the little things like the changes outside the stadium, the scoreboard that's going to be put up, the dugouts being changed, the very small, like the fan zone, the very small steps they're taking, just starts to create momentum and it starts to get people interested again and as um steve said we're back to sort of joe royal-esque crowds of 22 23,000 becoming a regular which considering that 80 percent of the time you're getting less than a thousand away fans just shows how much of a chord it's being is being struck at the moment between between us lot so i think that's why i'm so for once because I'm not the, the person that comes to mind when you think of the word optimism, but I am optimistic. And maybe next season is the season. And of course, we say that we say that every year for 20 years. But it looks like for once, all the stars are starting to align. And then there's not one thing that's actually at the back of your head, knowing or wishing that it's not going to hold you back than it does, for whatever reason, whether it's the manager, players, whatever. So, yeah, it sucks that we've been there for four years. It sucks that, you know, we're still not making progress in terms of a league position. But if you compare this ninth place finish to the last one, especially over the last six months or, or four months or how uh, McKenna's been here, it really does feel different. And it's difficult to swallow another summer of uh, knowing that's going to be a third tier season coming up. But, you know, this is the one where we're probably going to be looking towards the best possible outcome for the club and that's what we all want that's what we all want indeed and yeah it's been bonkers seeing 20 plus thousand at Portland Road in League One it, it, it's just crazy but um, I'm sure that they'll continue that support and the season tickets are getting sold it's amazing and as Steve mentioned so many kids now are wanting to go before they'll go and support their big teams like Man City and all that but now they're like you know what I don't mind going down to Witchers Town because it's good football I enjoy myself um, last season um, Player of the Year award was very hard to choose because everyone was rubbish. Um, that is our next feature now. Is talking about your nominations for the Player of the Year award. Um, Jack, I'll go over to you first, my friends. Um, there's a few names that are very obvious people will choose, but um, who are your? I'll let you have three players you can nominate, and then you've got to pick out of those three players. Okay. 
well, I'd like to start off with Luke Wolfenden. Uh, the man has become a rock under McKenna. Um, so it kind of feels like player of half a season. Um, but I'm very impressed with him. He's looking like the championship player we were told he, he, he could be and would be, possibly even Premier League. Um, so for me, he's up there. Uh, then obviously Wesley Burns is just he's the real sweet Welsh prince uh, in my eyes, uh, better than Edwards or, or anything. He's been unbelievable. But my only criticism on him is actually, I think his crossing and stuff could improve. I genuinely, the end product isn't actually that good. Yes, he's scored a lot and assisted a lot, but genuinely he gets in those positions so so much more often than the stats say that he could do better. But my actual answer has to be Janoi Danassian. Uh, what a man and absolutely like to come back out of the cold loan spells, everything that man deserves every pundit this year. I, I always thought he was a good, good, solid defender, but this year he kept Kane Vincent Young, the person that Paul Cook said he wanted to build his team around out of the team. And he's just gone on from strength to strength. And he is genuinely, I'd say our best defender, you know, Edmondson is a is obviously fantastic and a great talent, but who's going to get past Janoy? Um, I, I I beg to differ. Anyone? Um, he's a fantastic player, and I want to see want to see him win it. Indeed. Um, last year James Wilson won it. Um, more for just who can who can we give it to? And there you go, here you go, James Wilson. Um, I think then Toto did Toto win an award as well. It was weird. It was weird. There's two awards, isn't there? It's like there's Porter's Player of the Year, but then there's also Player of the Year maybe voted by the staff and the players. But enough of that. Steve, over to you. Um, Jack's mentioned some great names there. Are you going to add to that? And who is your number one Player of the Year? Well, I think Morsey deserves a mention. I mean, let's face it here. Yeah, like you said, it's nice to be having a discussion where you've got more than a couple of names in. Um, it's been a while. Um, yeah, Burns. Burns for me. So we had Burns out injured for a spell this season and we had Morsey suspended. And we actually, we missed, the, the stats tell you we missed Burns more because we went on a pretty poor run of results when he was injured. Whereas when Morsey was suspended, I know we were all angry about the circumstances, but we won three out of the four games we we're missing him. So, but Bur I agree with Jack, Burns needs to work on his end product. He's got a lot of, he's got a good amount of goals and he's got a good amount of assists, but he could have had more and he should have had more. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad he's our player, but he does need to work on stuff. Uh, I would probably give it to Edmondson. Um, just how many times in recent years have we bought a player who's been hyped and then they've fallen flat on their face or just not delivered? And he, he's he been an absolute rock. And when I, go, when I go back to the Bolton game, I know that was his debut, so you can't really blame him for it, really. But um, we were an absolute mess. And if you said to me that, our, our team will go on and keep a record number of clean sheets. And I said, you're crazy. We we just, we were vulnerable all over the place, but particularly, particularly right back, actually, you now Jack's mentioned Anassian. Um, so Edmondson for me, but there are, there are a lot of contenders. Wolf and then is a revelation. Selena's box office. Um, and he, he he's had some absolute purple patches, but the trouble I have with giving him the award is, I had to remind myself on Saturday that he was still on the pitch at times and he can do that. He can drift and we need people like, if we're going to beat teams like Cambridge that come to defend deep, um, you need people like him to have better games than he did. So I, 
while I love watching him play, and I was there when he scored that absolute worldie against um, Crew. Uh, I need to see more from him. So, uh, in conclusion, Edmondson. Good. Um, Bloomers, no one's mentioned the man who you mentioned, Wanda Walton, Christian Walton. Um, Bartosz Spiakowski won it three years in a row because he was unbelievable, but also we were rubbish. But Walton, of course, has had a great defence in front of him, but he's been fantastic. But yeah, your nominations and your number one. No, he has. He has. And, and another part of the positivity is that over the last couple of seasons, the goalkeeper area is what we've been lacking since Spiakowski left. And we tried to fix it with, I can't remember who Will Norris was up against in that first season of League One. Someone will be able to tell me. Thomas Holy. It was it was Holy in the first season of League One as well. Yeah, yeah. And then and then obviously last season you had um Holy as well. And and then this that is right, isn't it? I'm not lying. It was Holy last season as well. And Cornell, yeah. Lie me, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, him. <laughs> Talking about eight lifetimes ago. Um and then this season, seeing that there was a weakness with Claggy, not what we expected to be. And then Holy obviously still being here. They they made a fix, made it permanent in January, and, and he's come on leaps and bounds. And and yeah, Christian Walton would be one of my three. It kind of has to be after I said about Wonder Walton. And it's just a, a great rock to build upon. And there's there's no secret as to why we we got what was it, nine clean sheets in twelve games or whatever it was. Like you build from the back, and if you've got a sturdy base and you're first of all very organized without the ball, then that's going to alleviate the pressure on the goalkeeper. But then if he has to step up he will step up. And the save that he made on Saturday, which wasn't in the highlights package for some reason, and I don't know why, because I remember it very clearly, because I was right behind the goal when it happened, was fantastic. I'm, I'm saying that like maybe only four or five keepers in the league would have made that save, and Walton is one of them. So yeah, him, I, I would say, but I, like, I love Chilina. I love what he brings to the to the team when he's on, but he's just too hot and cold really to be to be named as one of the three if, if we were sort of in the playoffs or pushing on from there. I could see him being nominated a few more times, not for nostalgia, but kind of because he's an, emo an, an emotive player, if you like. But Wes Burns is probably going to be there. And I know, Jack, you say he should do more with what positions he gets into. But if he did, he would be in League One. It's as simple as that. Like, there's a reason that players are playing in the third tier, even the likes of Morsey and Holy and whatever, because, you know, they're on their day for their fantastic. And even their average game is probably a cut above the most of the other players in this division. But yeah, if, if Wes Burns was getting, you know, even a fifth of the chances he gets into and creates into goals and assists, he'd probably be looking at, well, easily double digits for both and, and would be at a championship club or higher. But 10 goals and six assists in, in 33 games is, is pretty darn good going. And that's just in that's just in League One that doesn't even count the, the cup games. So he's clearly a, a massive asset. And even more so when we've gone through this patch where our strikers can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo so it's it's great that he's managed to step up and do that and then the last one and probably my pick as well will be Genoa Donassian as well if anyone wants to try and guess how many appearances he made for us last season shout them out now two three yeah three mm. three appearances last season and this season so far he's made 43 so that just goes to show that the turnaround is it's the best comeback since Lazarus and one that's fully been deserved because obviously he's not made a foot wrong, but he's just, something seems to have clicked and, and he was playing well even before Kieran McKenna came in. But now that McKenna's here, they're clearly on some good understanding because he's making that side of the pitch his own and it's just great to see. And 
it's a it's a testament to him that he's managed to work his way back into the fold, and now he's on his fourth manager at the club, if you don't count the temporary managers, and he's and he's first choice in his position, and that's all down to the work he's been putting in. I assume on the training field and, and the work he's doing on Saturdays and Tuesdays because it's it's something no one would have expected, but everyone should be delighted with because it just goes to show there are some players perhaps in this squad, not just the first eleven, that their next season come and become mainstays in a good side, and, and we don't need to go and splash the cash even if we supposedly have it. With the Kane Jackson, is going to be another one. We'll find out next season if he gets fully fit again. So yeah, just for, for those reasons alone, I'd, I'd be going for Danassian, and, and it's thoroughly deserved. I think that's. I think I agree with that as well. JD has been unbelievable. What a story it has been, and um, it's good to see he's a good lad as well. Um, you always want that in your players as well, just being good lads, but also being good at football as well. We can't just have good lads, but you're rubbish. Um, but no, it's nice to actually have a nice little debate on Player of the Year this year because everyone's been all right. Um, some, of course, unbelievable. Um, but there we go. It's now time for some silly stuff. It's now my time to shine somewhat. Um, let's get into it then. Four questions, a tiebreaker if needed. Jack, Steve and Bloomers, head to head. Jack is buzzing. If you're watching on video, you oh, saw yeah. his big smile. He's, look at him. Look at Got the pen. Got, Got the paper. Pen. Jobs are good. And... Here we go then. Is everybody ready for question one? Let's do it. Of course, play at home if you're listening. Of course, you're listening, of course. Um, do a question from me. <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes. Um, but yes. And if you're watching on video, you'll see the questions pop up. So question one is when we beat when we beat Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury in on penalties in 2010, who scored the winning penalty? Was it Ed Upson, Alan Quinn, or Alex Bruce? So who scored the blues now, winning penalty? I was, I was at this game. Ooh. I was not. I'm gonna take umbrage with this question as well, because I in my head. It wasn't a winning penalty. It was supple save one, or they missed one to win the game. Yeah, but it's still, you know, you know what I mean. Who, who scored the final <laughs> town penalty to win it? You know what I mean. Your time to shine, is it, Ross? Yeah, well, I've, I've ruined it on the first question. <laughs> oh, there we go. It's going to go all downhill by here. Um, but yeah, who scored the final town penalty before Shrewsbury then missed the last penalty so town won the game? But I just thought that's too worded. <laughs> just who scored the winning penalty? So Ed Upson, Alan Quinn, or Alex Brucey? Of course, uh, this is Shane Supple's last ever game for town. What he, player? Shane yeah. Supple should have... He, he could have gone on to make loads of appearances. Yeah. Just good lad. But, um, yeah, just time. Anyway, enough of that. Um, who, who scored? Uh, everyone, get ready to shout out. Show me your workings. Who are you going for? Uh, I've gone for Upson. I've gone for Quinn. Ah, and I'm going to go for Bruce. Of course, one of you is right, <laughs> obviously. And that person is right. It's Jack. Is Ed Upson got the winning penalty? I mean, he came on as a sub yeah, that. in that game. I, d- I don't know why. The second you said it, I, I was just like, that rings a bell. Mm. So yeah, you did sadly, do something after that um, Youth Cup. FA Youth Cup final. Then. <laughs> he did. He did. I'll take it all back. Um, yes. <laughs> I think he's still he's still kicking the ball about somewhere. I think he's in League Two somewhere. I want to quickly just Google it. He was Yeovil, was he for a bit? Yeah, he's now at Stevenage. Currently at Stevenage. He was at Newport, Bristol Rovers, of course, in Milton Keynes, he was at as well. Anyway, enough of Ed Upson's career. It's question two time. And it's about Matthew Pennington. Of course, he's at Shrewsbury. And he scored his only town goal against Birmingham in 2018. But who set him up? Was it? Oh my god. 
What? Did anybody know? Did anybody see? I think I saw. Well, there was a spelling mistake. Is that what you're on about? Uh, oh, yeah, spelling mistake, but also... No, I there also was someone in brackets. In brackets, oh. yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, see it. If no one, I didn't see it either, actually. No, 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 I didn't see it. No, I definitely didn't see it. If it helps, uh, I would have gone through him anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can change the question. Uh, he scored his only goal against Birmingham. Um, against Birmingham, it was a two-two draw. He got sent off in that game, funny enough, which is yeah, it's hilarious. You score and then you get you get sent off. Um, but let me work on a different question. <laughs> we'll go back to that question. Um, <laughs> it was Mark Venus's birthday this week. That was a little segue. <laughs> How many goals did Mark Venus score in 184 games for Town? But yeah, I'll go back to question two. I've had a mare. Oh, I had a mare. Thought it's my time to shine. Oh, dearie me. Yeah, good old Mark Venus. He, he could hit a ball, could he, Mark? Whoa. Mm, okay. <sighs> to be fair, I didn't really watch him play much. I was very young. Don't know <clears> if you... <throat> Mellon, I'm sure you would have you would have seen him play many times. Good player. He's got a few free kicks, didn't he, in his time as well? Right, well, I'm He's got like, a little bit now. Yeah. Well, that's a good goal. Very good goal. Okay, so Jack is currently winning 1-0. Can one of you guys... If you get it spot on, you get two points, by the way, if you get closest. Oh. So, yeah, I forgot to say that. But if you okay. get your closest, you get just a point. Okay. Right. Take it away whenever you're ready. I've gone 15. 19. 14. Sorry. Nine, 19. Oh. Someone is spot on. So, two points is up for grabs here. And that man... Is Bloomers? It is 19 goals in 184 games. So Bloomers makes it 2 1 0. Steve, you said you were going to do badly. <laughs> out 18, just so you know. Oh, no. Uh, but it was close. It was close. Um, we are going to go back to the Matthew Pennington question in a minute, but I don't have enough time to like do my research quickly because I was trying to keep the listeners amused while you guys thought of your answer. But, um, Question four is on Frank Yallop and uh, is also his birthday this week. And of course, part of the kind of connection with the US um, uh, ownership because he, he knew of the guys. Um, yeah, he made his final town appearance in the Anglian Italian Cup semi final against Port Vale. We lost the game. But who did he replace in that game to make his final appearance? Was that Adam Tanner, Alex Matty, or Klaus Thompson? That's a question there. Someone like Dave is going to be screaming at the radio in the, at, right now. Because he'll know it. But I don't know, you know. I don't know. I haven't got a clue. No, not one clue. Steve may have a little butchers, maybe. It is, it is a very strange question, right. really. But I okay, I've got, I've got my answer. I've got my answer. Okay. Okay, everyone ready? Take away. Taffy. Thompson. <laughs> We've all got <laughs> a difference again. <laughs> Ooh. Well, obviously, one of you... Is right, and it is Adam Tanner. It was Adam Tanner, Steve. So Steve has got back in it. Um, and we are going to go to the Matthew Pennington question. It won't come up because I don't have enough time to type it. But um, I will still talk about his first goal. But what minute was it in? It was in the first half, but what minute was it in? <laughs> Ward set it up just so you all know because I saw yeah. that come up. Yeah, this was the original question, of course. Um, 
he scored his who set him up, and of course I kept Ward bracketed because I was an idiot. Um, and I said, "Fun fact: Pennington also got sent off." And as you can see, I spelt it wrong up there because um, I rushed it. Um, but yeah, two-two draw. We we're two 0 up at half time, and Pennington scored the second goal. So nice little another clue for you. So. If you get it bang on, you get two points. If you get closer, you get a point. So Steve can possibly steal it here to if make you, it. If you get this bang on, you're a football pervert and you know far too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got sent off in the 88th minute. And then um, Birmingham, of course, made it 2-2. But they were already 2-2 by that stage. I can't actually remember why he got sent off. I'm trying to look quickly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Right. I'm ready. Go ahead. All right, I've gone 36. 27, 29. No, none of you have got a bang on. Okay, but it well, is good. 41. Ooh. For Steve. <sighs> oh, Steve makes it 2 2. Jack, you've, you've lost. One. Yeah. Um, I told you. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine, Jack. It's not fine. It's not it's fine. fine. It's not okay. No, it's not. Good effort, good effort. You got the first question right. You got the first question right. Um, all right, then we are going to need a tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker is here: Bloomers versus Steve. Jack, you can still play if you want, um, oh. but let's see how you get on. So, how many goals have Town scored against Shrewsbury Town in twenty-eight games? So, of course, a lot of those games have not been recently because we haven't been in the same league. I think most of the games I, were back in the eighties. If I get this bang on, I win, right? <laughs> Oh, it depends if Steve and Bloomers are happy to gamble. Well, I'd get two. I'd get oh, yeah. two points. It's not gambling True. if you don't get anything back from it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you win, don't you? You win. You over overly win. <laughs> I get more of. I, I get more of a chance to win if there's not three people playing. <laughs> yeah, that as well. No, he okay. can he can he can he can take it outright if he gets the minute correct. Uh, yeah. He gets the number of goals correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I okay. We'll, we'll we'll start. Who do we start with? We'll start. With, we'll start with. We'll start with Stephen Bloomers because they are head head. But then we'll go to you, Jack. Um. So let's see. Go ahead, Steve Bloomers. I've gone for forty-two. Oh, 66. Ooh. I I went twenty-one. Ooh. I imagine there's some, I imagine there's some nil nil draws in there. We never yeah, smashed a, them. There's a nil-nil draw last season. Exactly. Um, uh, but then we beat him 3-0. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> but there's three of our goals gone. Uh, it's my guess all... is based on us hammering them in the 1930s or something. Yeah, 88, we beat them 5-1 five, five, at their place. Uh, well, we beat them 5-1 in 1957. Yeah, I went out with my 21. That's fine, don't worry. It was it was, it was free, free in the as I said, in the... The penalty penalty shootout, you know, was free free before we went to the shootout. But um, the correct answer is fifty. So Bloomers has won. So there we go. Well done. Well done, Bloomers. Your prize is you won this week. <laughs> can I, can well I come again next week? Is that my prize? Oh, do you know what? We could make that as a rolling thing. If you win the strike, you come on. Just for that, you just make that appearance. You come on quickly to do the strike to back up the crowd. You yeah, you don't want me. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna be making the trip to Shrewsbury. So you need to get yeah. some committed folks that are. I'm sure there's some of them. There is. There not is. No, yeah, not here. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. Good old Bono, who will be listening. He's going because he's a good lad. And there's a few other, of course, Kings of Anglia Army who are heading up their way. Of course, um, got the Welsh posse and uh, Welsh Mark. 
and also good old sweet 12 sprints. Are you going, Steve? You going? No, I'm just saying that the Southwest yes. branch. Yes, they are. Work, I'm working sadly, but I wanted to go because I've not been before to their ground. Yeah, I haven't been as well, so I look forward to it. I know you said already, Bloomers. Any any advice for people going on? I don't know if it's changed a lot since 10. I mean, what was this, 2009? Yeah. Uh, so firstly, I wasn't old enough to drink. Secondly, I remember nothing about I remember it being a very Colchester-like stadium in that it's nowhere near the town centre and it's it's sort of single-tier, cookie-cutter type whatever. Soulless. So, Fun fact is, oh, fun fact is, shows me was the first team in England in the professional divisions to install the new safe seating. So oh. they will, sorry, safe standing, safe standing. <laughs> so city. So, so they will, they will. That will be being used. I think it's in one of the corners of the ground. So, so yeah, I. I mean, it looks a nice place. It's got city walls, so normally that means it's a nice, it's a nice little part of the world. So, yeah, can't can't tell you anything. I'm afraid. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to their little first trip to Shropshire uh, this weekend. But before we get into our predictions, our thoughts for that game, of course, um, we're going to have a look, a look at the final five. And what are you liking to see? What are you expecting? Um, so, of course, Shrewsbury this weekend. Then we've got Rotherham away on Easter Saturday. It's not Good Friday because Sky. Uh, Wigan on not Easter Monday, on Tuesday, uh, Porton Road. Then Crew, who are going to be down by the time we play them, most likely. And then Charlton, who will be most the dead rubber of dead rubbers, final day of the game of the season. Um, Jack, how are you feeling going into these five games? It's disappointing that we're not going to be fighting for the playoffs, but um, five games to finish the season off strong. So technically, it's mathematically possible, right? Oh, I... whatever. <laughs> whatever. Doesn't matter. But I don't believe that. Kieran McKenna will put out the kids until it's not mathematically possible. So I imagine it will be a similar team. I hope Tom Carroll doesn't play, but that's a side note. Um, I hope it's Backinson or Evans. I, just a quick note. If Evans had been in that team on Saturday, we would have won that bloody game. I swear to God, we would have won that game. Um, but there we go. That's that's besides the point. Um yeah, so I, I think it will be a fairly strong team at the weekend, but I, then all hope will go after this because everyone else is going to pick up their points and win. And then I want to see the kids. I want to see Simpson up front because no no other striker is scoring. I want to see um, possibly Humphreys come off the bench, Baggett at the back, but who do you take him out for? I guess maybe Burgess as he hasn't been in the team that long. Um, but yeah, I want to see the kids and I want to see some positive results, if, if I'm honest with you. I'd really like us to see us stick it to Wigan and to Rotherham because um, they're not invincible. And they Rotherham absolutely turned us over at our place and I don't want to see that again. Very true, yeah. Shrewsbury beat Rotherham 3-0 at Rotherham. So yes. if they yeah. can do it, I'm sure we can give them a good game. Um, Steve, do you agree, disagree with Jack about the kids and what are you wanting to see and expecting the final five games. I'll agree with Jack that I tell you what I don't want to see is Tom Carroll playing for us. Um, I made a point of, I guess, following him when I was watching on Saturday because I'm interested in him as a player because he's got this premiership pedigree. But um, I've never seen someone go backwards and sideways so often or give it away. Those were the three things he did. And if he's in the team for this amazing range of passing, then he didn't get the memo. On Saturday, anyway, I don't want to make it personal about him. 
I would like to see some of the young players. I would like to see them have earned the right, though. I don't want us just to chuck people in because the season's over and, you know, they deserve uh, to have 10 minutes off the bench. Um, Bagger, I would really be interested in to see. I noticed that in some games recently, he's warmed up. Everyone's gone back in after the warm-ups, but he's stayed out on the pitch. I think they rate him. I think they can see something in him, and I would like to see him in the first team. Humphreys, well, Kieran Dyer says he's the second best midfielder at the club, so let's have it. Uh, let's let's see. Simpson's an interesting one because obviously I, I live in Bristol. I've got quite a few mates who support Swindon, go every week. I mean, they were sad when he came back, but when I asked them about him, they say, look, he's got a lot to learn. He's still very raw, um, you know, pace to burn, very strong, still very very raw. So. Um, I, it's, it's, it's interesting what's happened with him, isn't it? And uh, you don't know whether it's bad agent advice or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him get get some time. Um, overall, I just want to see momentum carried into next season. Momentum's really important. Um, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to finish in the playoffs, sorry, but I wouldn't want to see. We've been on an amazing run when you look at the results. It's like three defeats, three defeats I think since McKenna's come in. Which is incredible, really, compared to where we were before. So I, I, I don't want it to just fizzle out as people are looking at season tickets. And I think we, we talked about attendances earlier. Um, I think mix last season, our average crowd was something like seventeen thousand or just over, and that's in the championship. Whereas we're going to end this season on about twenty-two thousand, which is more than most championship clubs actually. And we're averaging. I looked it up earlier. We're, we're averaging over the last four games at home. We're averaging 25,000 plus. So, yeah, I don't want to see it tail off for that reason. I want people to still be excited and want to come back next year. Yeah, I think that's going to be the massive thing. I, You know, normally when the season dies with so many games left to play, fans are going to lose their interest. But I'm sure it's going to be amazing away ends this weekend. It's going to be a great away end against Rotherham. Home games are going to be you know, a great crowd. Um, which is just great to see, and it's hopefully the momentum will go on um, for next season. Um, I'll tell you one more thing I want to see. Go ahead. At the end of the Charlton game, I want Mark Ashton to walk out with Selena and a little folding table, sit him on the pitch and sign the deal there and then while we all watch. Do the old... Yes, please. Yes, please. Chairman with the hand over the shoulder thing. Yeah. I want that to to be our last memory of the season. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be nice. Make it happen, Mark. You can do it. Do it. Make it happen. We shall see if that does happen. Um, Bloomers, then, over to you. Um, a lot of dead rubbers now, maybe, for town, but a lot of excitement. What are you wanting to see for the final five? I kind of alluded to it in the video that I did on, on Monday. I think I would like to see some players that haven't really had a look-in yet get some look-ins, but after McKenna's come out and basically said, look, I'm not changing my approach at the moment, regardless of league position or whatever i don't think we will see many massive changes maybe if sort of like in two games three games time it's it's completely over then you might um i think for now it's just going to be a case of mckenna keeping to a system trying to iron out the kinks for next season and and if we do see someone we haven't seen a lot of there'll be a very good reason for it so be that as it may saturday i can i can see a very similar thing happening to uh, some of our away performances in the past, really, which have all been average to good, depending on which ones we, we talk about. Well, I would like to say Shrewsbury are no mugs, or haven't been all season, but certainly recently they they won um, three in a row before they lost to MK Dons away 2-0, and there's no real shame in that because 
MK Dons are absolutely flying at the moment. Um, but they won three games in a row, conceding none and scoring eight, including a 3-0 win away at Rotherham. Now, what that was with a, a sending off from Rotherham, but that's pretty good going. That's, that's certainly encouraging for them. And, and they're on a run at the moment, actually, of one, two, three, three games uh, at home uh, without a loss. But before that, they got someone sent off and lost. And then if you go back even further, they, they drew 1-1 with Fleetwood. So, you know, it's not going to be easy. And I've gone 1-1 in the little predictions thing that me me you and the rest have 20 seconds ago because it's quite a quite a nice one to go for really at the moment low scoring under two and a half is almost a nap for every game we play at the moment and it's going to be down to say this so many times at the moment down to our strikers to, to, to instill a bit of confidence in the rest of the team by by taking some of their chances and, and if they don't it can be another very frustrating afternoon where it's half time and we're it's nil nil or we're one nil down and you suddenly pressing to try and find a goal from somewhere so it should be good for those going it's another sold out away end and yeah another ground to tick off for quite a few people so absolutely what else would you rather be doing for your saturday afternoon actually this saturday afternoon there's plenty to be doing with your time with uh, the grand national and the masters and everything else but for those of you making the journey to shropshire i'm sure you'll you'll have a good time and uh and yeah make some noise and, and we'll, we'll hear you on the uh radio and we'll see you on the iFollow if uh, some of us have the ways of getting iFollow on a 3pm Saturday kickoff, which I won't divulge in case anyone from the club's listening. Well, there's, a, there's also a, a big game down in Kings Lynn, if anyone's interested. Uh, our boy Brett McGavin uh, had an absolute beautiful game on Tuesday night. He managed the game fantastically, sat deep, sprayed some passes, did some shooting. Um, so if anyone else is interested, it's, it's a bit more local. Come down, give Lynn a shout and give, uh, give our boy Brett a shout. Indeed. Um, if you don't know, Jack does the media for Kings Lynn um, and they are currently battling relegation, but they've had an unbelievable few weeks, Jack. When I, I'm now checking up the results because of you, basically, and also see how Brett's doing. But unbelievable spike for survival here. They could just about do it. Three points is, is proper exciting. Like, honestly, it's it's proper edge of your seats, non-league stuff. It, it's brilliant. It's great to see. Um and you just never know. You genuinely never know. Three points off safety at the minute. So yeah, yeah. And your boy and our boy Brett is doing us proud. There's no doubt about that. Whether he gets contract at town, I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to that. And I think you've got to support your local teams. If you can't go away from home and if you fancy watching a bit of football and if you live nearby, go ahead. Um, but Jack, get your prediction now for, for the Shrewsbury game. Um, what do you reckon it's gonna be like? You know. Last week, everyone was, was predicting 3 nils, 4 nils against Cambridge. And we found out what happened. Um, Trophy are a sort of similar sort of side. They're 16th. They're pretty happy where they are. They're not going to get relegated. They're not going to fight for the playoffs. They're just happy. And I think, as Bloom has already said, they're, they're in good form at the moment. They're not no mugs. Um, what do you reckon and your prediction? I could see a lot of town players being pissed off about last week, if I'm honest. I could see a lot of people being absolutely fucked off that that happened in front of 26,000 people at Portman Road. It was it was an atrocious performance from us, and I could see a lot of them wanting to do right. I Like I said, I don't think McKenna will change too much this, this one coming up. I'm going to go 3-0. Okay. Fair play. Um, I've gone for a 1-0 defeat. If you didn't listen to the main pod, I just feel, yeah. But then we'll, we'll end the season strong. Don't worry. I just feel, yeah, this is just a weird game. We may just, yeah, away form has been okay under McKenna. But I just, I just, someone, I forgot who said it. Was it you, Bloom? Or someone said we've been a bit 
okay, but average away form sometimes, performances anyway. Um, but enough of me being a negative. I'm still positive. I'm still looking forward to everything. Um, I'm sure we'll still play okay, but Shrewsbury will just shut up shop and they'll score a goal, blah, blah, blah. But Steve, your prediction and how are you feeling for this one? I think we'll win 2-0 for similar reasons to Jack, actually. I think we'll see a reaction from uh, that um, poor performance at the weekend, I hope. Aluko and Chaplin, 2-0, there you go. And Aluko's a big one because he's out, going to be out of contract. Will he get that new contract? Do you think he deserves it? Bloom, let, what, let's make a, have a little de- debate here quickly about Aluko because uh, he's coming in out of the squad recently. Um, what do you reckon on Aluko? I'd like to see him. Keep, keep him. Keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Keep him. Why, keep him. why not? A good a good player to yeah. have in your, your disposal if if you need it. Yeah, not everyone has to be a utility. Um, not everyone can be the main man. You need some utility players, and at the end of the day, he's proven it. He will be another year older come next season. I completely get that. But he's shown that on his day he's more than comfortable to to do some great stuff in League One and and maybe some uh experienced heads that sort of are been around the club and know the club for a little player at a time will be good because we had such a big turnover last season and, and this season that anyone sticking around for one two three seasons actually might have some benefit yeah. i'd also i'd like to see him possibly dropped alongside morsey uh just to just to see what could happen with those aging legs type of thing i think that could be a system that works yeah and, and I, Steve, I keep him without question yeah yeah, and what's your feelings, everybody? You can jump in whenever you want about loan players. You know, would you still play them? I know Backerson sort of they're looking to possibly buy him. So do you keep playing him? Then you've got Dominic Thompson, McCauley Bond, Selena, we know we love him and we hope he signs permanently. But what's your feelings on playing loan players when the season's pretty much done dusted? Thompson, no. Backington, yes, and sign him. Play him and Evans as a backup and get a new central midfielder in the summer. Uh, bon, I love I love the story, but time's done. Uh, Selena, as long as we as long as he's agreed to sign for us, keep playing him. Yeah, I think I think Backington because I, I, I get the impression they might try and buy him. I think it's worth keeping looking at him and getting him more experience. I'm the same with Thompson. In our system, you need people who are prepared to overlap and get across in, and he he seems he seems to be scared to run beyond the midfield. Um, I don't know why, because apparently he's had some blinders for Brentford in the Premier League. But yeah, Bon, it would be nice to see him score one more, wouldn't it, in front of the North Stands? Because you know, season I was at the Morecambe game that that last minute equaliser. It was a great moment. It would be nice just for for sentiment's sake for him to to notch another one. But it's I don't know. It's sad the way it's worked out, really. It hasn't. Bloomers, like the problem with not having planned. Two seconds. I'm going to answer you in a minute. I've got to answer the door. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's live. We're live. You know, we're professionals. But the problem with you know, Matt Penny will have to replace Dominic Thompson, and I haven't been impressed by Matt Penny in his recent appearances. I know there's been a lot of cameos, and you know, he came on 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 Saturday. I just didn't think he was very good. But um, I can't cross I, it though. <laughs> I couldn't disagree with yeah. you more, Ross. I think Matt Penny is a better player than anyone gives him credit for he does the stuff well he he can defend he can get forward he's our best attacking left back at the club i've been told i just don't see it um it's basically the miles kenlock situation all over again um <laughs> no you're right on kenlock he was shit <laughs> that is harsh 
That is very, very harsh. Goal, he's still at Cheltenham, though. Oh, Have you yeah. never seen Dominic um, Thompson doing that? No, but then we lost against Cheltenham, but uh, well. Sliding um, doors. Sliding doors. Yeah, it was. Bloody bent hose up. Why didn't you join Wrexham before you played us that game? But uh, old old story. We'll be, we're doing a, we're going to do a massive podcast, look at the season, I'm sure, in the future, looking back at the sliding door moments and all that sort of stuff. Um, Loomis, who's at the door? Uh, Amazon. <laughs> Fair play. You can open it? I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's, no, uh, no. Down, it's downstairs. Don't worry. It's not. It's not at the door. It's it's down in the corridor downstairs. Okay. I I ain't getting it anytime soon. No, no, it's oh, fine. Yes. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on just conversation we we're just having there about the lone players slash Penny. Yeah, sorry, I I can disagree with Penny. Um, I can't remember which game it was now. Either Bolton or Sheffield Wednesday away, and he was absolutely dreadful. I think it was the Bolton game. I know no one covered themselves in glory then, but like when he was out on that wing, every forward pass he made was completely inaccurate his positioning was okay but in this day and age, i sound like an old man in this day and age like your your players out on the wings is even in the wing backs or left right backs whatever they need to provide be so much more than just a, a stout defensive presence and every time he tried to get the ball and drive forward he's either losing possession or he was just just giving the ball away and and it wasn't good enough and clearly um mckenna's thought the same because we haven't really seen much of him since so I uh, I don't see him um, return uh, being a part of the team next season, a big part of the team, anyways. So that's that's my stance on Penny. And then for the rest of the Lonies, we've got so bloody many. Well, Carol, Carol's only? No, he's not, is he? We all just hope he was. Um, so I, he's got short term contracts. Really so on for Carol because I've seen some some hot takes on him. I, okay, he's not put out trees for us, but I, I think some people are going a little bit overboard in, in, in even on Saturday's performance, like. Wasn't good. Certainly wasn't dreadful though. Cambridge just had a game plan and executed it perfectly. So, okay, then we're at the end of the podcast. But as always, I'm always going to ask any other business, any other notes to add. Jack, over to you. It's been a great debut. I'm sure we'll bring you back on the pod again soon. Have you enjoyed your first experience? I very much enjoyed it, and I just wanted to say something controversial: that if Paul Lambert had had a whole season with this squad, he would have got us promoted, hundred percent. Oh, you've opened. Oh, <laughs> I saw Bloomers' face there, and he was like, "He would have, uh, he would have got us for a hundred percent. He would have got us." I thought he was going like to say, "I thought he was going to say playoffs," and I thought that was going to be controversial. And then he's just, spouting. "I don't like, I don't like the man. Like, I don't like him at all." And I wouldn't have, I didn't want him at the club, but he would have. He plays similar football. Remind to me, sorry, remind me, remind me, what club is that now? Well. Exactly. We could say that we could play that game with all our ex-managers. Not one. We could, but they were the ones we brought up. <laughs> but genuinely, I believe he would have got us up. He would have with the, with this squad. Uh, I'm not invited back anymore, am I? <laughs> <laughs> not after that. It's the end of the podcast. Um, but it's, it's a good debate. It is a good debate. To be fair, um, do you want to expand on that, Steve Bloomers, or, or should we just no, wrap it's it up? Okay, here? I'll, I'll, I'll wait for my any other business. Don't worry, I'll just just let that slide. <laughs> Let that slide. Let that, that little little minute silence here. There we go. Uh, Jack, it's been a pleasure though, my friend. Thanks for bringing that in. But um, never no, time. Thanks for having me. I've re- I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> Top man. Um, Steve, over to you. Any other business? Uh, just a mini rant because um, I've want, I've been wanting to talk about this widely. I'm really angry about the fixture movement, not just for us, but for several other League One clubs over Easter. Um, I know what Sky are trying to do. They've moved Rotherham, Wigan and MK Don's games to the Saturday because they want to engineer a 
title deciding Saturday on as if anyone would care. Um, but I so so um, I planned my Easter Monday or Easter weekend around going to the game on Monday. I was going to go with some mates who live in Cornwall. They're taking their kids. None of us can go now. Um, the club will lose out because they'll lose out on probably, I don't know, a couple of thousand tickets because people who maybe had the bank holiday off put them back to work or back to wherever they live. Um, and then I, look, I looked at the fixtures the other day and on the Tuesday when we play Wigan, there's about five other League One games. It's outrageous given that, you know, Boxing Day, Good Friday, Easter Monday, these are the staples of when you can get some big crowds in. So, you know, We've got a lot of money behind us now, but it's still annoying to lose gate receipts. And other clubs further down the pecking order in terms of resources are going to lose out as well. And loads of fans don't get to go. Um, so I hope personally that that Saturday is an utter damp squib for Sky, that they get three, well, no, two nil-nil draws and then I'll win at Rotherham. And it decides absolutely nothing. I'm still angry about it, you can probably tell. I think everyone is angry. Because even like just the town centre, like how much they would have made on that Easter Monday, you know, people going into the shops, actually, the other shops open, the restaurants and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are anyone no looks forward to it. Town Centre, Ross. I, yeah, I went there as well. For the first time in a while. And... Yeah, it's not much. Not much. You've got the standards, you know, go tos, but yeah, the rest is pretty much. What happened, yeah. by the way? I left 16 years ago. There was a Debenhams and a. Oh, no. There was an apocalypse, mate. Was there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. People prefer to go somewhere else to shop. Um, and, of course, they put all the money in the waterfront. Uh, ask, that, bloomers again, about, ask Bloomers about Amazon. That, that'll, uh, that, that'll, that's your that's, difference. That, that's another thing as well. Um, God, 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 different segues here. Um, and I'm now afraid what Bloomers is going to say. Any other business, Bloomers? Steve, thanks for joining me. Uh, no, nah, not really. Does anyone want to take with the Grand National? Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm going for Eclair Surf, um, 14 to 1, although he's been slipped into 12s. Um, uh, it's probably our second. Write it down, write it down. I mean, you'll see it, you'll see it often enough if you watch it on Saturday because I, I imagine he'll go off second or third favorite. Um, yeah, so the last three races, he came third at Chepstow, and then in Warwick, he won by 13 lengths, was very convincing. And then, and then, uh, his last time out at Newcastle, he was second, and he only just got beat by Win My Wings, who went on to win the Scottish National um last week so everything's set up for him to be really good he only just got in actually because he was 43 number 43 on the declarations but we've had some withdrawals so he, he gets a gets an entry and and yeah i i think a, a solid round of jumping will will do him well and hopefully he gets the money in the pocket but what was that name for everyone again just so just so eclair, I can, uh... eclair surf eclair a great name great name eclair surf, well, yeah, I mean, anyone who's uh, betting, first of all, gamble responsibly, and second of all, hope you win. But yeah, with the Masters going on, everyone, everyone and their mothers is back Shane Lowry this weekend. So let's hope he wins. Uh, the darts, the WDF World Dart Championship is on, and you've got City Liverpool, and you've got the F1, although that's like at 6 a.m. So yeah, I, I will be in front of the sofa from about 9 p.m. tomorrow to about 1 a.m. Monday morning. I assume that's why you have that funky looking chair. But do you, but you watch your oh, no, this is just this is just this is just the, the room I go to when I get told by my missus that she, I'm annoying her. So this is, just, time, then. this is just the spare room slash this is just the spare room slash office. I'll be up in the living room booking out my booking out my seat on the sofa. 
We bring you a lot on this podcast today and tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. You've got some tips there. You've got us moaning about no shops in Itchwich and all that sort of stuff. Jack saying that Matt Penny's all right. Uh, but yeah, a lot of great stuff. Um, Jack, Steve, Bloomers, it's been a pleasure as ever to be on the fan social. Hope you listeners have enjoyed. Um, of course, got to plug our sponsors at manscape.com. Use the code KOA. You get 20% off and free delivery. Gents, have you used Manscaped? Have you used the code? No? What, what are you trying to say? I can't say I have. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, trying, so I'm, trying to sell, I'm trying to sell, sell you some stuff. You know, 20% off, free delivery. Manscaped.com, use the code KOA. Um, of course, make sure to follow us all on our Twitters if you want to follow us, but also Kings of Anglia on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, look out for all the content that we bring you this weekend. Um, Annie and Stu will be working hard with their stuff online, but also game day and Annie and Stu reacts. And of course, we'll be back next week for many more podcasts. So enjoy the game. If you're going, if you're not, enjoy your weekend, doing whatever you're going to do. And we'll be back next week for much more content. I'm going to shout now. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to Postal, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.